Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Isaiah. This is Zed. And we're here now on Monday, August 26th, um, a few days away from the game, the first game of the season. And then also we're going to talk about uh, the, f- the wrapping up camp and a few developments over the season. So, yeah. Some, some interesting news that's come out the last couple of days. Not great news. There has been. Um, well, actually, let's let's start on a positive note. We left the, <laughs> last the, the eternal optimist. <laughs> last week, we uh, our the, the last recording episode, we were probably at the height of injuries and those being tic tac, uh, small injuries. But we were pretty much panicking. We we're saying this is a typical UCLA camp, and luckily. Everything on the last day of camp, last Thursday, um, no one was in a golden jersey. So it looked. I was I was shocked. Me too, and I I, I kept refreshing just just to check, um, just to make sure. I checked later on. I was like maybe somebody going back to their dorm, but no, no golden jerseys. So that was cool to see. Um, and it, it's pretty wild. I mean, even even Alec Anderson was back practicing in some capacity yeah and a couple weeks ago we were saying that he wasn't going to be back for Oklahoma but it sounds like he's going to be ready to go for Cincinnati again it could be Chip Kelly um you know not showing his cards which is a very Chip Kelly thing yeah it, it, it remains to be seen how many of these guys actually play in the first game but uh, I mean the fact that look they came back after injuries pretty quickly and still practiced in some way or form is a, is a good sign. Um, I know chip chip shouted out, um, Frank Wintrich is kind of the main reason for that. And so I guess the strength and, and, uh, conditioning program seems to be like setting a hold and setting a good tone for these guys. So hopefully you know, this is like the norm going forward and not something that we, just kind of, you know, is a one-off thing and, and happens every camp and every spring and every season, hopefully. Yeah. If we count the numbers of, um, if we count the number of the injuries that were for out of the season, there are two. One was Tyree and the other was uh, Kofasi um, for, with his shoulder out. And he didn't, he didn't participate in camp due to camp rules, but um, yeah, it, I, I think one of the, how I felt about camp was the highlight of Mafi's dance that he did, <laughs> <laughs> which has become, it's gone viral in the Bruin space. Uh, and I think everybody's saving it for, for big moments that Mafi has during the season. But yeah, that dance to, to our favorite song that we've all seen on Six Flags commercials. We like to party. He's like a, he's like a three hundred plus pound dude, and he can move with some with some moves. He can groove. So, yeah, camp ended off on a really positive note, um, and I guess that was Chip didn't say much after that. He's just like, yeah, it's it seems like the players are getting into a groove. They all are pretty much saying the same thing. We feel much better going into year two. We're learning the system. Um, and oh yeah, one thing that was mentioned that uh, didn't come up in the past couple camps were how the camps are player ran, and I think that is uh, an interesting element that's been revealed of the culture that Chip's trying to build, and then also which one we can obviously see working well, but it has to work. And I'm excited for I want it to work, but. Um, it's it's cool to see that he's given them the autonomy because we all know how Chip um, is very detail-oriented. Sometimes with detail-oriented comes the need to micromanage. But it seems like he's letting the players this year take control. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all about accountability, right? If If these guys can, you know, stay accountable to themselves and to the team, then I, there's no reason why they can't successfully kind of run the camp. And it sounds like... It went pretty well this this year, so hopefully, you know, that's a... And and 
that's a great way of building leadership in the in the team as well. You know, these guys, the captains, I'm assuming, are are the ones kind of running it to some degree. Um, and so getting, you know, getting players to kind of step up and, and help out in that capacity, I think is, you know, can be nothing but a good thing. Yeah. And he's mentioned names, uh, even today during their practice, uh, of players like Holmes and Josh Woods and Theo Howard and those guys taking those steps to, to make sure the team is in place because they understand what's at stake. Um, and they they're just hungry to win as they expected when they signed with UCLA. So and they know they're very close. Yeah, it's it's exciting stuff. I mean, the the energy also kind of towards the end of the camp to close out seemed very high. Um, as another positive thing, people seemed uh, our players seemed very hyped up, which obviously led to you know the mafia dance. Um, but overall, I mean, it, it seemed like they were really putting a lot of effort and heart into the practices, and and it's hopefully you know translates into real games and game prep, and and that eventually leads to W. So, I think coming out of fall camp, I feel very good about the team. That being said, you brought up something very interesting um, after that Arizona loss to Hawaii where apparently a lot of Arizona reports and Arizona fans were feeling a similar way coming out of their fall camp. Now the caveat there is I'm in no way or form comparing Chip Kelly as a coach to um, someone like Kevin Sumlin. I think Chip Kelly is a much better coach and runs a tighter ship than Sumlin ever will. That being said, I'm afraid I'm still kind of underneath the surface. There's that fear that we're going to end up in that same boat. Yeah. No, I mean, I think everybody, for a majority of uh, reporters, especially beat reporters, tend to give positive reviews on fall camps for their team um, if they're not first-year coaches. Um, and even then, if first-year coaches tend to inherit talent, then they tend to get positive views. So everybody throughout the nation of the 130 FBS teams are probably feeling good about their team, minus you know any big crucial injuries that they feel are going to change the makeup of the season. Uh, but yeah, that is a good point. Um, we saw with Arizona's loss this past weekend that it really dampened um, the mood even before the rest of the teams played this week. And um, in a few days, we will be able to see if there is a difference between UCLA of last year, where the camp, I would say the camp reviews last year were, eh, they're mixed. It was always like there's youth, um, Chip Kelly's putting in a culture, um, you know, Will and Spate's getting acclimated. Uh, there wasn't, there wasn't the type of, oh, and I remember Feldman, Bruce Feldman, um, from the athletic also came out with a report kind of, um, explaining the youth that Chip Kelly has on the team and how it's going to take some time. Um, I don't hear that so much this year. Um, so I think the expectations with the team is to, to show improvement and we will see that. And hopefully it doesn't end up like the Arizona situation, as you said, uh, because now they are calling for a defensive coordinator, and we don't we, we don't want to be feeling that way on Friday. No one no one does. So it'll. Uh, that's the that's the pessimist in me, I guess, feeling that way. But yeah, and uh, I again, I hope to be proven wrong. Like, I really hope this is that fall camp that actually creates that ac momentum going into the actual season and, and carries over all the way through. Yeah. And, I mean, following up on the camp, like now we're entering game week, which began, preparation began on Saturday. Uh, the depth chart came out as well um, yesterday on Sunday. And looking over it, did you see any surprises yourself? Um, I mean, the, the biggest surprise to me was... You know, Asiasi getting overtaken by Jordan Wilson. Um, you know, Asiasi was was a big time recruit coming out of high school. 
um, played at Michigan for a year before transferring. Um, and Teammates was really with Boss. Come... Yeah, really good friends with Boss, uh, Tagaloa. Uh, and I think he was, everyone sort of just assumed that he would take over for Caleb Wilson. Uh, but it seems like Jordan Wilson has sort of overtaken him. And it was interesting, like, I, I I don't know if you did, Isaiah, but I didn't really hear that much about Jordan Wilson during camp, aside from towards the end when there was some buzz about him possibly taking over Asiasi's kind of starting role um, and him having a good camp overall. But other than that, he kind of flew under the radar, so kind of came out of nowhere for me. Yeah, I would say the same. I mean, Jordan's been solid uh, throughout his his UCLA career and he usually has come in for a series or two and and filled in between the two of them but I remember in the spring uh Devin was they're raving about him as he's going to clearly be a target coming up in the fall and so I was I was also surprised to hear that news um I mean it's great I mean we can look at two tight end sets and then hopefully it'll work out between the two of them and that can hopefully help in the red zone um to have those targets those big targets but my, I mean, obviously, I guess the natural reaction would be hopefully it doesn't um, affect Devin's performance and only pushes him further. And the reason why I say that is because Devin was a transfer um, and he's there with his teammates. But we do, I think he's expecting to have a big year and possibly declare for the draft and use that momentum similar to Caleb Wilson. So I just, that's my only concern. I want both of them to do well. Uh, but just with the expectations I'm sure he's holding with his family and just everybody knowing the, the talent he has, we want Devin to go ahead and fulfill it so it doesn't cause anything uh, that could affect our depth. Yeah, I think he's still going to get plenty of playing time. It's not like you know Wilson's going to be the, the starting guy and Devin's not going to see the field at all. I and it's very possible, you know, by game two or three, Devin ends up taking over the starting role again. I, I, I This is going to be an interesting thing to kind of watch in the first, you know, especially pre-Pac-12 play, how the tight end kind of pecking order shakes out here. And, and I think both guys will have a pretty solid uh, seasons. Um and the and again, like you mentioned, this just opens up a whole lot of the playbook with two tight end sets and things like that that are that are going to be exciting. We saw a little bit of that last year, but I would say that probably Devin is the better um, is a better blocker than Caleb Wilson ever was last season. So this is going to help the run game, and it's going to open up some some interesting passing plays for for the team on offense. So. I think it's it's exciting if I look at it from that perspective. I agree. And I think also, as you said, like you alluded to the fact that these depth charts are going to change. Uh, it's game one. Um, and with that, uh, we're going to see... I mean, teams have been able to have been successful with two tight ends. Iowa's a great example of that. They've had two tight ends taken in the draft. Stanford. Stanford. Um, and so it's 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 good that we have the depth there, but we just, I guess I want to just make sure that Devin lives up to his hype because we know how UCLA has a history of blue chip recruits, and any sign of any of our blue chip, five former four or five stars being taken over, it usually doesn't lead to good news or developments on that end. And I don't think that's going to happen with Devin at all this um, this season. Yeah. But that that's, that that's, totally that's just the background on that. Um, but yeah, and then I you also mentioned I guess the other thing was uh it was, it was interesting to see that Alec is going to be back and he's placed in second string behind Sean Ryan, um, and that position it's I think this is a discussion many of us are having is do we just ride with Sean Ryan knowing the talent he is, and or do we you know does the staff look to 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 have Alec reassume that role as a starter. Um, um, you know, maybe down the line a few games. And I I mean, I say let the best man uh, play, and I think that's going to happen. Agreed. But um, 
it is going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And I'm, I mean, hopefully it doesn't get to a point, but I'm sure both of them are going to get enough burn throughout the season that it won't even matter who's worse, starting. Worst comes to worst in this situation is that if Sean ends up being good at the position, then at least we'll have some playable, pretty good depth there with Alec being there in case anything happens to Sean. So, like, it's it's only a good thing if if Ryan can put together some good playing time, and it's just going to help solidify the the line a little bit more. So I I don't think it's a bad move, especially with you know him being allowed to play four or five games without you know risking the red shirt and that kind of stuff like let him have his shot and see how he does and then once Alec is fully healthy if he comes in and and beats him out then like cool yeah I agree I don't um the other interesting thing speaking of injuries was Theo Howard was also kind of moved down into second string as for the time being I I fully expect that to not hold for too long um that being said there's been a lot of rave reviews about guys like kyle phillips and then jalen Irwin. yeah who's uh listed as number one at that as so, a, um as a i'm ex. excited for Irwin. yeah me too um i'm actually i'm surprised that uh i mean while i think Irwin is is the talent i think he I mean, from what we've seen, and I'm expecting big things from him. I was just surprised to see. I guess because Ezekiel was also, um, Ezekiel was also injured, but I was surprised to see him not on the two too deep, um, at least behind maybe Chase or, um, or in front of Jalen. But uh, that's just all only based on how long he's been with the program and the promise he showed last year. I'm sure when he's healthy, he'll also be along with the rotations. We're going to get f- four to six guys of him uh, contributing between the guys. So um, Mike Iziki is going to contribute. But yeah, that was another development. Um, and wide receivers, we expect them. They're going to they're gonna be fine this season. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's a lot of production that needs to be uh, replaced with Caleb Wilson leaving, but I I do feel like there's enough talent and enough bodies on the roster and in the two deep now and on the depth chart to that should do a good job of replacing it now. And also, well, I'm, I'm, I want to see if Diamond Lee is going to, our former uh, quarterback converted wide receiver i want to see if yeah, he's gonna my, crack my the, brother uh, crack the chart my uh, my brother used to live on the same floor as him yeah his freshman and year. i'm excited for him because he has dreads and as you know from the last episode i think dreads are <laughs> but super, he's not a linebacker he's not a linebacker but wide receiver is the the offensive version of a linebacker and so if you're really if you have dreads <laughs> as a wide receiver you're also good DeAndre Hopkins, That's, Sammy, I've, like Sammy Watkins. I was going to say San, DeAndre Hopkins is the first one that comes to mind. Julio Jones had dreads for a long he time. He did, yeah. It's a thing. So, wide receivers and linebackers. If you have dreads or long hair, you're going to be good. So, we have Chase Cota, Diamond Lee, and the other guys just got to grow their hair out. Yeah. What's, what's Theo doing with his hair right now? I don't know. He's just got to get free. Free Theo. Free your hand, Theo. <laughs> free, free Theo's hand. <laughs> <Yeah. air. laughs> let it go. Just let it let it flow. Um, there was one other thing that came out Sunday. Well, two other things that sort of were alarming, but one big big thing that I think we, I I kind of was alluding to the the very beginning of the the show, but Bo Calvert, man. Bo Calvert. What happened? We don't know. We just know it's eight games. We know it's NCAA. Um, we know that he's not kicked off the team. Um, we know that he's apologized. Uh, that's it. That's all we know about Bo. And this is some like Soviet Union level silence. Yeah. Over this, this. It's thing. very Kremlin like. Very. But we're not saying our program is Kremlin. It's the other one. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. 
it sucks because that's like one of two position groups, I would say, that we cannot afford to take a loss like that. Um, especially with the talent Bo Calvert has. And of course, in true UCLA fashion, that is the one position that gets impacted. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully the guys fill in, they step up. We're, we're looking at Carl Jones and John Ward, the Palmdale pain train. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the 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 two deep I mean you have Toyaloa and Javari Anderson Chris Barnes and Lenny Toyaloa after that it's like like you said John Ward um uh, Tyree if he comes back at some point this season yeah which I imagine is in November who else is left uh us <laughs> I haven't burned any eligibility yet. Yeah, we have five years, Chip. Um, but yeah, it is, it's pretty and Carl, Yeah, Carl Jones, that's the other guy. But, like, that's scary. Yeah. No, it is. Our two deep is seems to be our only deep. Um, <laughs> but I digress. They're... Um... In one in the interview today, as post the post practice interview, I think he, Chip mentioned some guy that's on the team who I didn't even know existed, um, a linebacker from like New England, the New England area somewhere who he, picked up as I think a walk on. Yeah, I heard that as well, and um, I mean it just shows you out of a hundred players that are out there, we still are gonna miss some. Um, the information is just not out there, but yeah, I didn't. I heard that as well, and I I didn't. I missed the name. Um, from the videos that we watched. But, yeah, I, I guess we have a linebacker from New England. He probably has a Boston. I mean, is this kid going to contribute? Maybe. Are we, are we thrown in? Maybe. I don't know. It's a, like, the yeah, the Calvert thing was a bummer. It really was. And we were looking yeah. forward to him. We know, and then we're also going to be recruiting his, his little brother. We just, uh, I mean, I guess his, his younger brother. Um, and Washington is out with a season-ending injury as well. Um, so that that family is not receiving the best of news in the past 72 hours. Yeah, that's a bummer. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with him after eight games. And I mean, they might as well, depending on how the season's going, redshirt him at that point. I think he took a, he burned a redshirt last year, so they might just play him. He can come back for the, um, the last four games, the Pac-12 championship, and then the, uh, <laughs> and then the Rose Bowl. Oh, so. man. All right, fair. I'll take He'll come it. in as relief. Yeah, I'll take it. And then the other the other kind of weird thing happening is Darnay Holmes not practicing the last two weekdays. Yeah. What do you? What's your read on that? Uh, I'm not sure. I I I I think I've literally wanted to ignore it just because he's the most electrifying player on the field. Um, so I don't even want to touch that one. I just want to say that he uh, had an upset stomach. He went to BCAF. <laughs> <laughs> he got the. He went to rendezvous a few times. He went to rendezvous. Got the burrito. Um, yeah. So that's that's my take on it. Upset stomach for Darnay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that one seems like it's not super worrying, especially, you know, Chip specifically called him out for his leadership in one of the recent interviews after I think he was seen not practicing. Um, and then I think even in this morning's interview, he called out or he said that, he did practice, just not in the portion open to the media. Again, you have to take everything he says with a little bit of a grain of salt, but like, if that's the case, then I think we're probably fine. Yeah, I think he's just getting over an upset stomach. Feel better. We'll, we'll go with Feel that. Feel better, You're, you know, Darnay's tummy. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. So, so that, that all leads us into the game in three days. 
Yeah, here we are. Let's... We're almost there. How how are you feeling? Um, I am. I'm torn. Um, and not necessarily. I think, not necessarily in the sense of if we're gonna win, but how it's gonna play out. So I st- I still think our team is gonna be ready for the Cincinnati team. I know. Um, the Cincy fans are talking a lot of trash on Twitter. And they should. They're eleven and two. They 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 did great after a four and eight turnaround. They have a young team. They have all the markers that say their team is going to be better this year than it was last year. Um, but I I have I'm torn in between. I guess let's let's go into it, and I will say later why what I'm torn between, how this game could turn out. I still have UCLA winning. Um, nothing's changed in that sense. We haven't lost anyone. But, uh, yeah, like how do you see this game playing out yourself um, throughout the first half and then and then the second half? Also, a, a fun thing I wanted to do, what's the first play that you think <laughs> that Fry's going to call now that he's offensive right, this coordinator? Is, this, is my, this is my prediction. Deep post to Jalen Irwin. Irwin actually catches it. Touchdown. A touchdown? Oh wow. I thought you we'll I thought you're gonna say like a, we'll a 30, 30 yard, you know, run gets pushed out of no, bounds. I'm I'm shooting my shot. Wow, here. I like it. A deep post. This is it's it's what it was the very first throw that Josh Rosen had. Yeah. But Kenny Walker dropped it. Something similar. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That was exactly yeah. Very first play. That's what I'm. That's. I think we got to make a statement, and if we can do something like that, like that's gonna be a slap in the face to everybody watching. Like, oh, maybe these guys are actually gonna be good this year, and it's gonna be a great first blow. Like, why not? Yeah, that's a little bit different than what I had. What did, what did you have? Uh, I had um, DTR, shotgun, hiking, <laughs> and then he... <laughs> I'm enjoying the minute by minute. And I want to say a bubble screen just uh, <laughs> to honor Norm Chow, but... <laughs> Oh God! But I I would say it's a it's just a simply a run play with Josh Kelly. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. It's gonna probably just be uh, run up the zone, middle yeah. for five yards. A zone read, yeah. And I think Kelly on his first run will get he's he's gonna get four to six yards, and then the next play I I don't I don't want to give away you know the playbook. Um, to Cincinnati, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I think. I think it's just gonna be a run with Kelly. Yeah, and it's funny you mention that. I think establishing that run will be incredibly important to winning this game. Is if we can, you know, kind of run up the middle on them and establish that, then it's going to open up the rest of the playbook because they're going to just have to pinch down. And if you look at last year's game, we just we couldn't do it. I know we had like that big Casimir Allen run that went up, went for like ninety yards or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, the seventy-four yard run. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we could not consistently run up the middle on this team, and so I think that's going to be key to to establishing kind of our offensive rhythm. And you know, we have the guys to do it this year. We have Josh Kelly now as the starting running back who should be able to do it, and I believe the. The uh, DTs that uh, Cincinnati had last year are now gone. Those two big guys that were monsters. Yeah, so. Cortez and, 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 yeah, both of them are gone. And brought so to. I think that's going to be helpful. Um, so, I, yeah, I, if we can do that and just control the game a little bit, then I think we're, we'll be in a good spot. I also think with the continuity of our O-line, I think Chip... What we saw that 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 was so useful, and especially highlighting the USC game, is how he pulled the players, um, the alignment, and how technical, like how technically complicated it was to 
the, the sets that he had for the O-line and the Titans. Um, and he was able to use advantages and open up holes for Josh to hit him. I mean, Josh did an incredibly uh, amazing job, and he just has that knack that running great running backs have to fall forward and gain an extra two or three yards. But he did have a lot more holes that the coaches were calling, and that helped out. And I don't, I don't, I think that's going to be shown. Um, we didn't have that against Cincinnati. We had guys still running into the back of our, you know, our linemen, and it wasn't necessarily there. But given that we have four, four players starters that are returning, I think they're going to move as a unit and be able to open up those holes. And I think ESPN on this Thursday is going going to highlight. Um, for many in America, that this is what Chip Kelly has, you know, been working on since last season and working working out, and here it is once again, much more fine, much more tuned up and improved. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a big stage for this this team, for both teams really. I mean, this is kind of Cincinnati's way of telling the nation like F you and the media for not giving them any love in the polls. And this is kind of chip and UCLA's way of announcing themselves back on the scene. Like, Hey, yeah, we can, we can win games now. We're, we're rolling as a program a little bit more than last season. So there's a lot of, a lot of, there's uh, a lot to prove skin in the game. for both, for yeah. both programs. Right. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, and then defensively, I think we're pretty stout. We, up the middle now. Yeah, um, I think so. Last year, Michael Warren had ran a hundred and forty-two yards on us, yeah. And for three touchdowns, a lot of those a few of those touchdowns were just um, goal line runs. But uh, he had, I mean, one of his best games against us. Against a young team and um, and Desmond also who f- who came in as the backup and played better than Hayden Moore. That's such a UCLA thing to happen. Oh my gosh, we are the showcase for backup QBs. If you want, if you're a backup and you're playing UCLA, you better be ready to play. <laughs> it's just <laughs> we. It's it's been the story, story of Westwood. Oh man, it's the worst. But um, yeah. So any 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 backups out there that uh, that haven't transferred or just stay on your team if you have us on the schedule. <laughs> but but yeah. So Desmond Ryder, he also he's very mobile and he's much more in command. The reports of him out of camp they're a little inconsistent uh, in regards of the the passing and reads he was making. He was making early on, but he seems to. Um, shake off the rust and so both of those containing both of them are are key to Cincinnati's offense I think more so their wide receivers they have Trent Cloud and a few two sophomores and one senior but I don't I think we're going to be fine there I think the run game is we just really have to lock that down yeah uh our our d-line will be solid at worst, hopefully, at holding the run. It'll be interesting to see how the, the middle linebackers can help plug up those holes as well. Um, but I, th- I I agree. I think we should do a little bit better, a, a lot better job than last year at, at stopping the run. Uh, and, and now we have, you know, a ton of tape on Ritter as well. So hopefully... Their, the backup to Ritter doesn't come in and destroy us. That's always a, a worry. Yeah, we have to figure out who that backup is and if they have any reps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and and Colson's been playing the the uh, role of of Ritter in uh, in practice. So that's true. It'll be interesting. See how how well he does in his Ritter impersonation. Um. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be something to look out for, and then we have you. You had specifically called out one of their O linemen, the German guy. What's your What's your deal there? You just don't like Germans. Uh, I'm I don't I'm not very fond of the one who who spurred us to go to Auburn. So uh, I'm thinking of this <laughs> as a little bit of vengeance for that, <laughs> but just by association and nationality. But yeah, so I was uh one of the things I'm really looking forward to and I think 
um, I'm hoping UCLA exploits is the red freshman, uh, Lorenz Metz, that they have. He's a big guy, 6'9", 330. Um, but this will be his first game. And um, as big as he is, if they can confuse him and get him to, to uh, you know, stumble a bit, uh, I think we can have a surprisingly a pass rush for this game. Um <laughs> That'll be shocking. Yeah, and so I think that is a weak spot I would like to see them exploit um, with them. And, I mean, they have, I believe, four out of the five are new starters. And then they have the grad transfer. So, um, yeah, their unit will. I think there's a lot of confusions and, and wrinkles we can have in our defense. To like, I'm looking forward to the blitzes to see what we can do uh, when Ritter has to throw. And just plugging the holes for um, for Warren and Lemonade. I mean, I guess we are very optimistic, obviously, that we have a chance here to um, to take control of this game. But it's all about executing on, on our end. I think we have the talent to it. I think the, the positions are ideal. I mean, the, the situation set up ideally for us because of what's happening in the trenches for Cincinnati. And that's going to make the difference. Yeah, and, and last year, I think, against them, we did have one of our better pass-rushing games. Um, didn't ultimately help us in the end, but we were able to get to the quarterback a little bit more than normal. Um, and so I think with with uh, a lot more experience under the, the starters' belts here and a young O-line for Cincinnati... I think we should be able to, you know, at least pressure Ritter. Now, we need to be disciplined if we pressure Ritter because he can take off. Yeah, and you can't, don't let him get to the edge because he will run. And, right. and then it's up to our um, our linebackers and our DBs to catch him. Right. If we pressure him, we need to sack him. And if not, we need to contain him and not let him get out too far on the edge. Yeah, and and just um just a reminder, last year we had four sacks against them, so we did like you said, as you said, we did a good job in terms of the pass rush, and I expect it to be around that number. I was I was predicting three, but uh, four, I'll take four as well. Didn't we only have like eight sacks or something stupid for the entire fifteen? So. Nearly a third of them came in this game, um, and and that was with an older O line. So we have to remember another thing that came out. Twenty four sevens composite uh, talent um, also shows. I mean, yeah, it is star heavy, but we still have a far. There's a big talent gap between the two teams. Um, oh yeah, regardless definitely. of youth, but like both teams being young, there is the talent gap. So. Our players in this system are, I think all Bruin fans should expect. I know some of us are looking at the 11-2 and record. We're like, Cincinnati beat us last year. And it was, we have to remember, that was late in the game. That was our first season. Um, Cincinnati definitely was better in the year. UCLA was better in the year. And then a lot of us are convinced that we would have beat them if we would have played them later in the year. And I think Cincinnati has a reason to, too, as well. But, um... In regards of uh, our evidence of of the linemen, as we said, and uh, just the talent all around, I think that's going to make a difference on Thursday. And that's why I'm confident. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. But again, we it's just, UCLA. <laughs> <laughs> that's, there's always that asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> always that asterisk. Um, we just talked a lot about defense what are you what are you thinking on offense like what do we need to do besides establishing the run to win this game well I think I mean Chip I think last year one thing that was really nice is that we cut down the penalties vastly um that was a breath of fresh yeah air. as we all know during the six years of Mora how more early on after the first season that he didn't think penalties had a correlation to winning I tend to disagree um, and so, and I, I want to see that. I think on that end, I think that'll give us a lot of possessions where we aren't shooting us in ourselves in the foot. 
um, I'm looking forward to establishing the run zone reads, um, creative plays where we're getting DTR to run as well, um, slant passes to Kyle Phillips, um, pulling the DBs in and then hitting a post like the long post like you said towards uh, our deep threats our fast players. Um, I mean yeah I I think I want to see the offense we saw during the Washington game um on those there was a couple of drives and yep. but also just see that cleaned up and just much more like seamless um on the attack and just having them on the fritz i i i also i'm I'm looking forward to special teams I think that's I don't want to see Molson uh miss any field goals I think he has the talent to you know, again, to win the Lou Garza. And uh, between that, I would say special teams and just what I said, like establishing the run first um, and then opening up the pass later. But establishing the run just not with Kelly and our running backs, the running backs table, but also with DTR, getting getting plays for him. But also ones that won't put him in danger or he's in a position where right. he's that's, trying to lead. That's what I was going to say. Is I'm, I'm scared to run DTR as much as some people want him to I, and I I think it we definitely should use him on in in running situations a little bit more but that being said like I, I like some people seem like they just want to run a full like option attack with him just like let him run everywhere like go full Lamar Jackson yeah. but I he's still he he's gotten bigger but I'm a little afraid he's still going to be a little bit fragile i mean and and i think for like ucla fans people just remember brett hundley who was like a superman during his time here he missed what one game that i can remember against Texas yeah he he the final quarter yeah only. and then he came back against arizona state and then ripped them a new one it was yeah right and so he he so, literally left just to have let jerry be a hero <laughs> But my point is, like, I think we have, like, a short memory of running quarterbacks as being only Brett Hundley and as someone who is just, like, indestructible. I don't think DTR is that guy, so we do have to be a little bit more careful with him. Yeah. Throughout the season. I mean, he got hurt last year, too, so it's like he has a history. Yeah, and, I mean, he... I would say last year he just wasn't as built as he is this year. Uh, it looks like he's put on about 20 to 25 pounds since uh, last fall. Um, so I, I do think he's going to be able to take hits, but I agree with you. We should limit it. Uh, he doesn't seem... Um, I also don't think he's the fastest like running back. He is a, he is a very good form, but um, he doesn't have the, the foot speed of even a Khalil Tate, who we saw, you know, was who got hit pretty much throughout that Hawaii game. Luckily, those guys weren't as big as they could be and what he's going to face um, down the line. But I digress. Uh, DTR, I agree with you. Um, I keep him uh, on those options, but not necessarily. It shouldn't be the fundamental feature. Yeah, keep keep him safe. Keep Protect DTR. Do you think we're going gonna to move a little faster? with tempo yeah i think that's gonna i i actually i well i'm hoping this game will will be that game before saturday where everybody's like is chip kelly back um and it's not even a game that kind of previews the season but it'll just be that like this is what that team could be if they uh you know at full at the full what's the full vision that chip kelly wants a ucla program to be um I agree. So, yeah, I think we're going to see a higher tempo, uh, especially with the guys returning and just the retention um, and knowing the offense. Yeah, there there should be a lot more synergy with the, the offense. Yeah, just overall. and we should see Mafi dancing on the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. So kind of the final thing, I guess, for tonight What's your what's your uh, final prediction? So my final. What's your I guess total over under, for points scored? So I will say. 
Um, well, should I start? So just how I think the game's going to go and then end with the score. Okay. Yeah, go for and it. Then, uh, and then you could say yours. And then so first quarter, I do think um, the first series, I think Cincinnati's going to get the ball. That's just, it doesn't, I don't know why, but I think they're going to get the ball um, after we decline. Uh, we, we win the toss. They get the ball. Um, they drive it upfield, but they get to... I think that our defense is able to stop them right before a field goal. And then we get the ball back. Um, let's punt it into the end zone. I'm not going to go in full play-by-play, play, but just to give an idea. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be here for five hours. Yeah, the game has started by the time we end. And then, um, and then UCLA gets the ball, and I think we hit a field goal. Now, what happens after that is that Cincinnati is going to try to respond. doesn't necessarily happen. Again, it's a three and out. Then UCLA um, scores. It's 10-0. So from there, Cincinnati scores. And then, it's, uh, and then the game becomes closer and closer. But it, it becomes Cincinnati kind of following. They'll be within seven to four points um, of following UCLA. Um, and then in the second half, I expect UCLA to pull away and to win by 14 points. Um, I think the game's going to be 34-20. Uh, I think it's the over-under that Vegas has is uh, 60 points, I, I think because it's the first game of the season. Um, UCLA and both of the teams are, are working through their kinks, obviously. I hope it's not as sloppy as the game we saw this past Saturday, but... Um, yeah, I think it'll be a decently scored game, um, and we and we win by fourteen. Yeah, I think you know we start off a little sluggish. I think both teams are going to start off a little sluggish. I think going into the half, I think we're actually going to be down ten seven, is my prediction. Um, but I think in the second half we pick up that offense and really make some adjustments based on their defense and, and are able to, to break away a little bit. And I think we're going to end up winning around 24-17. I'm going to say it's a little closer than your prediction. Um, but I think overall we're going we're gonna to pull. It's through. also more on brand with uh, you being the realist and me being the optimist. So... <laughs> so. I think there'll be there'll be a lot to uh, digest in this one. And you also have the unders under sixty points. Yeah, I think that's a weird line to have, but for both teams. But we'll see. Yeah, it seems it seems high, but I don't know. Maybe they're banking on both defenses not being as good, and that could happen as the well. The offenses kind of take it. It very well could happen. Yeah. Uh, I, I think also going back, I was saying what I was torn about, but I guess I worked through it. Uh, the two things was I was I was torn whether it was going to be a close game and we just we happened to win on the last possession. But as we work and we actually rationalize this with no bias at all, um, I actually I think we're going to win by two touchdowns. 10 to 14 points, but my my if I would put money in, it's two touchdowns. And uh, I don't think that's unrealistic. I think it's very possible. I don't think it's necessarily going to happen in this first game, but I do think that there's a good chance we could do that. Um, but, you know, I think for various reasons, I, I still think we're going to squeak, not squeak, but you know, get by with a touchdown to 10 points. Um, and that's going to be the kind of margin of, of victory there. But I do think we should, hopefully, will win. Yeah. And we always, I mean, traditionally, historically, first week games tend to be close. Um, so I think your prediction is pretty, pretty realistic. Mine's is pretty optimistic. Yeah, I, I mean, and UCLA has a good kind of a long history of going into opposing teams uh, stadiums for their first game and, and winning big games. Like, 
Tennessee, Texas. I mean, this is going back a few years, but in Nebraska, like we've. In that Nebraska game, we were down for a bit, and then, yeah, we put. We were? Yeah. We were. So, I mean, you know, we have a history of going on the road and, and winning some big games. It doesn't necessarily spell, you know, success for the rest of the season. Um, but, you know, we, and, and those are other coaches, obviously, but, but I think we have a good chance of, of winning this one. Um, but yeah, any, any final thoughts on, on anything we talked about? Anything coming up? No, uh, Thursday can't come soon enough. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It's, uh, it's been a long wait. It has. Football is back. It is. It is. Cool. All right. Well, if that's the case, I think we're going to sign off. And then we will, I will be, we will be releasing um, a rooting manual to give you uh, essentially what I said last week on our episode about which teams we should root for, or we believe we should root for um, during the season. Uh, Of course, not USC, but um, never. And um, so that will be releasing before the game as well. Uh, if you have some time and you're, you need anything to read of why we should hate or root for teams and other conferences as well. I think you, I think you all will enjoy it. Um, it gives some examples of teams that our opponents play, which we want to continue to win as well. So yeah, look out for that. And we'll catch you next week after the game, hopefully with the W. Yeah, and going on to hopefully uh, try to get our second win for our home opener. Cool. All right, well, catch you guys later. Go Go Bruins. Go Bruins.